Uh, I said, what the heck? I threw my, my uh, hat in there for a job. I got hired at Blacksburg Transit, at Blacksburg Transit yeah. as a bus operator while I was in college, uh, 19 years old. Uh, and I've been in transit ever since. <laughs> what does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals from around the world. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Great to be with you. Coming to you today from the CTAA Sun Conference in Missoula, Montana. It's beautiful out here. I'll tell you, from coming from the East Coast, Josh, you and I are both from there. It is, um, it's nice to be someplace where the humidity is like 25%, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. 90 degrees feels a lot different out here. It does. Dry heat actually means something. <laughs> so I'm with Josh Baker. Josh is CEO and general manager of Alexandria Transit in Northern Virginia. Um, from my neck of the woods, as we like to say, or, and the Dash Bus Service is part of what he runs. And uh, great to be with you. And thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. So uh, what do you think so far? I, I know we're only half a day into the conference, but what do you think so far of the CT, the Community Transportation Association of America conference here? It's great. I love, I love the format. It's a different uh, conference for me. I haven't been able to be this. I haven't been to the Sun Conference previously. I've been coming for years to the CTA National Conference, uh, but typically the Sun Conference conflicts with another one that I'm doing in Virginia. So uh, this year, that's the one good thing that I guess came out of COVID. It gave me the opportunity to, to make it to this conference. Oh, that's good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's small urban networks. And so it's CEOs of just what it sounds like, small urban areas uh, and their transit system. So tell us a little bit about your transit system, the size and scope of what you do there. Sure. Well, I wouldn't say that we're small urban anymore. Uh, yeah. We've certainly grown quite a bit. The, yes, you the have. Alexandria community is, is, a, is right outside of the Washington, D.C., uh, it is uh, heavily populated with people who work within the city uh, in the community of Alexandria. Um, and we provide public transit service throughout the city with a few connections regionally. Primarily, though, we're providing service into Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority, or WMATA. Um, and uh, WMATA, of course, runs the Metro Subway in Washington, D.C. So we're we're connecting into that and providing local service uh, for commuters and residents alike uh, to move around the city. So, but I'm here because my background is also in small urban and rural service, uh, and uh, my interests are uh, learning about all of the different types of transit as I represent Virginia uh, on the CTAA uh, as a delegate of oh. the state of Virginia. Oh, yeah. very nice. I used yeah. to do that for Maryland. Yep. Yeah. yeah so, back in the nineties, yeah, I was so I'm a delegate. Virginia delegate. Yeah. That's great. So, so, um, well, you, you mentioned your background and I'll tell us about your background. You know, how did you get into transit? Those kind of things. Sure. I uh, probably just like everybody else fell into it. Uh, <laughs> I went to school at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. A beautiful community oh, yeah. there. Great school. Yep. Um, and a great transit system, Blacksburg Transit. Um, and I went to school thinking that I was going to be in uh, computer science uh, but I'm not a math person, so that didn't work out too well for me. Needless to say, <laughs> I changed. Uh, I changed pretty quickly. So while I was floundering around trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I decided to focus on management. Uh, and in the context of doing that, I responded to an ad on a bus while I was riding the class uh, for bus operators, and they said, "Hey, we'll train you as long as you're 19 years old." 
and you have a license, we'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll have this part-time job and we'll work with your schedule. So um, I thought that really scared the heck out of me. <laughs> the idea of driving a bus, uh, it just blew my mind. I couldn't understand how I was riding this bus and drivers weren't running over everything and, and uh, running up on the curb and, and so forth. So uh, I said, what the heck? I threw my, my uh, hat in there for a job. I got hired at Blacksburg Transit, at Blacksburg Transit yeah. as a bus operator while I was in college. Uh, 19 years old, wow. uh, and I've been in transit ever since. <laughs> uh, but you know, basically, f- throughout the duration of school, I was a driver, yeah. uh, part time. And then uh, after I graduated, I w- I decided that I wanted to stick around in transit. And at the time, I thought I was going to join WMATA's intern program. Okay to get some experience. Well, it just so happened the year that I was graduating, they weren't doing that program anymore. <laughs> so I said, oh, geez, okay, well, uh, I gotta change the plans here. So I stuck around for a little while in Blacksburg. Hey, you know, you're in a college, college life, you just graduated, why, why, why run off so quickly? Um, but uh, in, in the time that I was in Blacksburg and at Blacksburg Transit, both as a student and then right after I graduated, I decided to become more involved. And I uh, just looked for every opportunity that I could find to, to learn about transit. So I worked uh, in marketing and communications a little bit. I spent time in operations, learned how to be an operations dispatcher. I worked at nights and weekends. And where was this? Which agency? Blacksburg Transit. Just so, right there? Yeah, wow. right there. Okay. Um, you know, on, on the nights and weekends, staff full-time staff are at home, so they need people to fill in. So uh, I ran the shop uh, myself and some other students, and I loved it. Um, uh, I spent a summer interning in their maintenance garage, so I learned how to do maintenance, and I will tell you to everyone on this podcast, it is the hardest job in transit by far. Um, I have great respect for our mechanics and maintenance personnel because it was the most painful, tiresome uh, thing that I have done uh, in in transit just was crazy. Yeah. So, so I did all those things. Uh, after I graduated, I got a job with an organization called New River Community Services, which is a human service organization. I was hired on to take over their paratransit uh, 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 transportation services, which were basically medical demand response transportation. Right. But it was serving all four counties of the New River Valley. So there's town of Blacksburg, there's the city of Radford, there's Floyd, Montgomery, Pulaski, and Giles counties. And so this agency served all of them. So I took over the job there. Uh, They took a leap of faith with me as a young student graduate uh, and said, hey, we need help. You've got some transportation understanding. Can you do this? So I spent the next 10 years of my career working for that agency, um, working my way up, uh, growing their uh, transportation services for individuals with disabilities, special needs, elderly, um, grew their fleet, managed their fleet, eventually uh, started managing their facilities. There were 18 facilities with 800 employees throughout four counties. And so my responsibilities were for all the transportation and all the facility services. Um, then in, in 2011, I partnered with the city of Radford and Radford University, which is a community about less than 20 minutes drive from Blacksburg. Um, of course, has a university in it, but had no transit. 
So being that I was involved in services throughout the four counties as well as the city and the town, I saw a need and I saw a background that I had and, and, a, and an experience that I had. And so I approached the city and I said, I really think there's a need for transit here and talked with the city leadership and they said, absolutely, we agree. Wow. Uh, and You're a rainmaker for the yeah, industry. Yeah, huh? it was an exciting it was an exciting time. So worked very closely with the city leadership, um, got council uh, engaged and engaged Radford University. Um, their president at the time, um, Penny Kyle, was uh, a visionary and someone who wanted to see a service like this and was really supportive of it and the need of students to be transported. So we brought those things together. My experience with being in Blacksburg understanding how university transportation service worked, understanding the unique needs of the city of Radford um, and the population there. Uh, partnered with the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation, who was very supportive, got us uh, some initial grants to study feasibility studies, which of course said yes. Um, of course, I'm summarizing a lot that was going on yeah. for multiple years and then eventually funded Startup costs to purchase buses. We started with seven cutaways um, and uh, planning related to routes and service design and everything. So anyway, skip over some of the, the more details. Ultimately, we got the service launched uh, 10 years ago this month. They are celebrating their 10-year anniversary wow. uh, in August of 2011. And... Um, I remember the day that we put buses out on the road and the driver, first driver called in and he said, I have a passenger. So <laughs> <laughs> we were all yeah, shocked. Exactly. Uh, the service uh, exploded 167,000 passengers in the first year. Um, Shows you there was a need for it. Yeah, with seven cutaways. Wow. So that they tells you, yeah. Uh, the next year there was 375,000 passenger trips. We were buying full-size new flyer transit buses and responding to engagement with the community. So that was uh, a real proud time for me and the people, all the people in Radford and, and Radford University and, yeah, and the yeah. community and and uh, the team at New River Community Services to have that success. And I'm really proud that that service is still successful and shout outs to them. Um, You're one of the only people I've ever met that's actually started a bus system from oh yeah? scratch. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I did that in like, uh, like 30 years ago in Queen okay. Anne's County, Maryland. Okay. And we ended up in 1991 winning CTAA's award for the best community transit nice. system in America. Nice. But, but, you know, you're, I think the only other person I've ever met who's done that, who started a system from scratch. Well, fist bump. Yeah. There yeah. We go. <laughs> I started a Department of Aging doing transportation for elderly Similar. and disabled, just yes. like you. Yes. And then we felt like we needed a public bus system. So we started something called County Ride. So very similar it's to what you did. very similar track. That's exactly. awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, you know, the, it is a lot of work, as you know. Yes. You um, have to learn everything. You'd already learned it all. Right. But you have to do everything. You have to do everything. Yeah. And grants, yeah. dispatching, everything. And, you know, and the number one thing is making sure the community gets what they need and what they want yeah. and understands the, the need for it. Yeah. So um, how long did you stay there? So um, in total, um, I was in the New River Valley for about 16 years, and that's combined Blacks time at Blacksburg, yeah. time in uh, the Radford community and the New River Community Services. Um, and, you know, I would, I would say that um, 
I recognized that we had an outstanding team there and we had people who were really driving it forward and, and we had established, you know, we've gotten the flight to cruising altitude. So to say, yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, starting something that's like, it's really bumpy as you right. get up in the air. Um, at which point, um, the city of Lynchburg was looking for, um, a new general manager for the greater Lynchburg transit company, um, a well-established system, you know, dating back, well, it's been GLTC since 1974, but before that, I yeah. mean, boy, they had trolleys and everything. So, um, you know, I was asked if there was interest in, in that, that type of work. And, and I said, you know, I think, I think Radford is really in a great place. And then now's the time for other people to carry it forward. We sure. had been operating for a couple of years at yeah. this point. And I had been with New River Community Services for, right. for longer than that. But um, so I, I, you know, said, hey, great. Went and talked with the, the, the folks at, at GLTC and First Transit, who uh, is their partner oh, there okay. in operating yeah. uh, GLTC. Uh, worked uh, with a gentleman named Larry Morris, who you probably know from the industry. He's now retired. We miss him. Uh, but great, great guy. So anyway, I was general manager there for a couple of years, at which point we... Uh, finished the uh, opening of the uh, their new transfer station, uh, a lead, I want to say it's lead gold certified station at historic Kemper Street Station, which is also where the Amtrak stops in Lynchburg. Okay. So beautiful facility. Um, and my predecessor had gotten that uh, going. And then um, so we finished sort of finished the, the fine details on that. And at that point, we were getting ready to go into construction. Uh, final final design and engineering and construction for a new operations and maintenance facility. Um, that was a $23 million project. Um, and throughout the duration of my time in Lynchburg, I worked closely with the community as well as Liberty University, who was one of many partners in Lynchburg uh, in providing uh, transportation services to their campus okay. and, and, and their students. So we expanded service uh, in Lynchburg. Um, and it had been growing over the years. We provided community services. We provided paratransit. We provided fixed route to the to the university and partners with, uh, you know, other uh, colleges, Lynchburg College, uh, um, Central Virginia Community College, and, and so forth. So lots of work there, similar to Blacksburg and Radford in regards to the university relationships. Um, and uh, at which point then... My predecessor at Alexandria Transit Company was getting ready to step down um, after having, having led the organization almost since the day it opened. Um, okay. Sandy Modell uh, was in transit her whole career. A wonderful lady had spent, put a lot of energy and time into really making Dash an outstanding transit system. Uh, and um, uh, I think she joined basically like the year or the year after that started. Um, also a first transit property um, set up as, as the same as in Lynchburg. So just a sidebar here is that in Virginia, there are a number of systems that are uh, public uh, service corporations that are owned entirely by the locality. So, so in Alexandria and in Lynchburg, the Alexandria Transit Company is a separate entity from the city of Alexandria, but is wholly owned by the city council as the stockholders uh, of the company. So the same applies in Lynchburg, um, and so a similar format. So we, in Alexandria, uh, we are governed by a board of directors. Um, it is currently 10 members. Um, 
we went up to 11, we were at nine. We added some directors, we're now back down a little bit. But So we're governed by a board of directors appointed by the city council of Alexandria. Um, and I report to the board of directors as a general manager. And then our workforce of 240 plus at this point uh, employees are employees of a, a company called Transit Management of Alexandria, which is a subcorporation of First Transit. So it gets kind of mm-hmm. crazy, but um, it is uh, uh, an organization that has been in service since 1984. And First has been a part of it since then. It's, it's been a slightly different agreement. First Transit does transit management. They also do contracting, as you're familiar. Uh, this was a management uh, contract, still is, um, although I am directly contracted myself with, with the Alexandria Transit Company board uh, to oversee the system. Oh, okay. So you have a separate contract with them as right. the GM. I'm directly employed, basically, by the board as GM. Interesting. Uh, and First Transit provides support services to the organization um, and um, some personnel and that, that kind of yeah, but all the employees work for this company. Yes, all the employees are local. Um, they are not contracted employees. They are direct employees uh, of the organization. Okay. And um, uh, you know, it's a great group of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a and, wonderful And tell me system. about the service that you provide there. Okay, so we're fixed route service only. We do not do paratransit. The city does have paratransit services, but they are contracted. And what's separately. the name of that service? Um, the paratransit service. The paratransit service. Does it have a name? I th- no, I don't no. think so. I'm um, just trying to think. I, I I'm just trying to think of the contract. Robbie, uh, yes, Robbie Worth. Yeah, Robbie Worth used to run it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Diamond. Diamond, yeah, Diamond Transportation. Transportation. Yeah, now they're part of National Express. Robbie's That's a good right. friend of mine. I've known him oh, for good. Yeah, five yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know, I know Robbie as well. Yeah. Uh, great, great advocate for transit and for, yeah. um, for service for individuals with needs. I mean, yes. honestly... The man is a champion for that. It's incredible. Yeah, he's one of the heroes about, of our industry. Yeah, start you know really formed ADA. You know, right? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I used so, to work uh, for Yellow Transportation in Baltimore for Mark Joseph, uh-huh. Robbie, I got to be friends with him down there. And then, of course, when I worked at Wamada yeah. for MV Transportation as kind of the director of operations for their paratransit service, uh-huh. Robbie was one of our subcontractors. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so it's a small world. In that Transit area. is such a small world. Yeah, and you I know, love the city of Alexandria. It's such a good. Do you know what the population is of the city? I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. It's growing. It's, it's a, a big sizable city. population, yeah. um, and is growing. Yeah. We have housing challenges, as everybody does. Yeah, expensive um, to live there. Expensive. It's a real, real challenging situation. We have a wonderful uh, city council and city leadership right now that are really working hard. Um, to to address the issues of affordable housing. Uh, I don't really know how we fix the problem of affordable housing in the Washington region. Uh, it's a really tough yeah. thing to solve for. But um, I will say that we've got some really awesome projects. And I know, um, I, so I want to tell you a little bit about those. Yeah. But Let me just ask you yeah. one more follow-up question. Yeah. So you're right, you, you provide fixed route service. How many sure. buses do you have? We have just around 100. Okay. Uh, just, a little bit over 100, I think, right yeah. now. But um, and ridership, how has it been impacted? You know, pre-COVID to the peak of, of the pandemic to where it is now. Kind of give us the uh, how it was doing. Oh, okay. So pre-COVID, we were around four million okay. passenger trips a year. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, we lost probably more than 80 percent yeah. of our ridership. Yeah. It it then rebounded to around 60 percent. Okay. 
and held there for the better part of the year um, with reduced service. Okay. Um, so, so you know, losing sixty percent of your ridership, you know, was yeah. significant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for the better part of a year. Yeah. Especially in a community like that that is yes. so heavily traveled and so much traffic. Uh, we're back up now. Um, we we went we we went having lost sixty percent. We we were then down to uh, we had lost forty percent. So so basically we had sixty percent of our people were back. Yeah. Then we were back up to eighty percent or so. More recently, we we are seeing ridership um, gradually coming back on a regular basis. What has not returned. In, in, in force is the commuter right people riding to the metro right? uh-huh yeah. and that's where the most of our ridership yeah. comes from yeah um we also operate in alexandria the king street trolley oh okay which is if if you ever visit alexandria old town there's yeah. a great free trolley that runs up and down king street um very popular service and that was pre-pandemic carrying around a million passengers plus yeah so a big chunk of our service the, the trolley was suspended up until the beginning of July of this year. Okay. So we, it was out of service for over a year. Um, is it, are people riding it now? Yeah, August? gradually. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. They're, they're, they're coming back. Again, the, the tourism also that Alexandria and the D.C. region sees has not returned. There's domestic tourism. Of course, mm-hmm. people who are um, able to drive there or, or have find a short flight within, within the United States. But, of course, with the limitations on foreign tourists, yeah. um, we just don't see that. And as you know, being from that area, it's heavily traveled. It's a heavy yes. international destination. Mm-hmm. So, um, All right. So, so yeah. I interrupted you, but no, I no, wanted to get fine. that on the, on the table at least. Now yeah. tell me about some of the new projects you got coming up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so that's our service. Um, we are currently, as of September 5th, about to launch an entirely redesigned transit network. Wow. We are doing very much what you're familiar with. Uh, transit redesign throughout the country. Yes. Um, uh, we are, uh, you know, since 84, since the system started in 84, there have been changes and tweaks. Right. And being as a fellow transit professional, you know that bus stops get added here and taken away here, and a yep. bus now takes a, a right here and a left there yep. because someone at some point wanted right. that. I talk about that all the time. The spaghetti oh gosh, strings the of our routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we have been for the better part of the past two years, longer than that probably, um, our planning department, uh, led by our director of planning, Martin Barna, has been phenomenal in working to um, put forth a new network that will significantly increase uh, frequency on the high travel corridors, um, provide enhanced services to the west end of Alexandria, which runs along I-395. Also, just so happens to be the area of the city that has been historically underserved by transit, but has the most transit-dependent population. So we're fixing that. Awesome. As a part of this project, we applied for and received grants from um, the Northern Virginia Transportation Commission, NVTC, which is overseeing the I-395 express lane uh, project uh, for transit, whereby... The, the Commonwealth of Virginia has put in 
uh, easy pass lanes for express lanes. They're reversible lanes yes. in and out of the city. I've written them many times. Yes. Yeah. So many people don't realize that the revenue from those lanes is specifically divided up under contract by the Commonwealth with the operator of those lanes. And a portion of the money that is generated from those goes back to transit and alternative transportation along the corridor. And those are competitive grants uh, with no, uh, no match, except for fares. Uh, but, uh, um, and so we are, uh, we recently launched our, what's called our AT1 Plus, which is gonna be rebranded again or renamed again, but uh, which brought our service frequency in that corridor down to 10, 15 minute frequency. Substantial increases in ridership, as one would have expected, um, and we're further enhancing that, and we're further enhancing the connections, and we're using that 395 money to help with the network redesign, bringing those two projects together to create a better system for Alexandria. And that all launches September 5th. Awesome. Now, here's the greatest thing of all of that. At the same, exact same time, we're going 100% fare-free. Really? For the first time in our history. Now, we were fare-free for... Yeah. The, the pandemic, the pandemic yeah. um, but our mayor and city council were uh, great advocates for uh, fare-free transit and, and low uh, low fare options. For all your routes? For all of our routes. Wow. Everywhere in the city. Wow. So as of September 5th, when the, the new network will launch in, in Alexandria, the, uh, the bags will be put over the old signs and the new signs will be uncovered and there will be this magical kind of probably chaotic uh, first day um, with, you know, some of the routes will remain similar to what they were. Some will be uh, entirely revamped uh, and, and we will become fare free for the first time in and, our, and how are you making up the loss of revenue? Do you know what you were making before percentage wise, your fare box recovery ratio or your numbers? Yeah. I mean, we were, we were probably shy of, of 4 million, maybe 3.5 wow. million in fares. So the city's going to make it up. So, well, yes, in a way, okay. in a way, partially the city is adjusting our local funding mm -hmm. uh, to match and in, in, and also leveraging the CARES funding okay. and okay. Yeah. the CRISA funding yes. and the ARPA funding. Yeah. And I don't know what all the different yeah. ones are. There's so many different things going on. Well, I on. think you named them. Those are the big three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's a bunch of work being done by all of our incredibly talented budget people, uh, who I am not one of, uh, to figure out how the numbers need to work in order to make this happen. So city council took up a budget amendment. Um, and I think that the first year it was more around 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. um, because ridership's down. Because ridership's down yeah. and there's the other money and those kinds of things. Right. We do have a, a, a hill ahead of us, Yeah, you know, to figure out how do you, how do you filter. Term. But we are going to apply for the Virginia TRIP program. Okay. And I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to say Transit Ridership Incentive Program. That sounds good. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah. If anyone from DRBT yeah. is listening, I'm sorry. That stands for, uh, TRIP stands for that, right? Send yeah. Paul an email and clarify. Yeah. Tell him what I did. What's that wrong? It's Josh.Baker. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, so we're going to apply for chip funding, and the, the the Commonwealth has put aside a big chunk of money to support uh, low fare and zero fare and, and reduced fare programs throughout yeah. the Commonwealth. That is amazing. So, That's fingers awesome. crossed, we'll have that, and that will help us to sustain this program. Yeah, because the challenge will be in the 
company. Gosh, you got a lot happening, brother. I'll tell you what, it's, yeah. it's, it's been a lot of fun. Anything else? I mean, that's big enough, but anything else you want to talk about? You know, I, I would just say that, you know, we are like everybody else. We're trying to figure out what the future of transit looks like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the, in the time I've been, I've been in Alexandria now for a little over four years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was, I was told it was pretty straightforward, <laughs> um, an established system, but you, you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, a the only whole constant is change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I would just say that I've been really proud of our team and, and the work that we've done. We've, we've dealt with this project and, and, and are implementing this. We, in the past couple of years, have supported the WMATA Metro Rail reconstruction project, uh, running a Blue Line shuttle uh, while service was discontinued in 2019 of summer. Um, I'll just say that just for anyone who's interested in understanding how that went, reach out to Paul. We'll connect you, uh, oh, connect, connect me yeah. with me. But I would say that, um, you know, we, we, we grew a workforce from uh, just, you know, I would say maybe 180 employees to 340 in, in one summer wow. for one project yeah. uh, and, and grew our fleet to over 130 vehicles just to support that service. Um, and it was just an incredible experience and highly successful. Um, and I would say that it talks to the value of partnership in public transit. And I love that yeah. in our industry, how we all know each other, we work together and we support each other. Absolutely. And especially in the Washington region, there's so many different systems yes. and services. It's, right. <laughs> yeah. It can be a wild, wild thing to figure out how it all happens. Well, in the, um, in the liner notes of our transitunplugged.com, our main website, we'll put a link to your, to your website. Great. If people want to see more about what you've been doing. Yeah. Josh, you've got an extraordinary story. Uh, and uh, this has been a great interview. We've co covered so many uh, different topics. I really appreciate you taking the time to spend it with our listeners today. and wish you the very best in all you do at Dash. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Very it's good. always always fun to talk about what we do. Yeah, well, and at the end, sometimes when I have time, which I think I have a couple minutes here, I'm going to ask you a, a lightning round of quick questions. Uh -oh. Right? Uh -oh. So um, I hope they don't involve too many numbers. <laughs> no, no, they won't. So do uh, you got any pets? Uh, no pets. No pets. What about hobbies? What do you do outside of work for fun? Um, so I am actually a kickball player. Oh. And many people say they've not played kickball yes. since elementary school. That's big in the D.C. metro area. It is area. big in the D.C. Yeah. area. Recreational kickball. Um, I very much enjoy that. I'm an outdoors person. I like I like. Uh, camping and hiking and, and just going out in the woods. Uh, so I would say those are my things. But okay. Somehow I got recruited into helping to captain my kickball team. Good for you. I guess someone said that I'm supposed to be in leadership. I must know how to do it. And I said, <laughs> wait a minute, guys. I just play this to have fun. I don't want to also have to be yeah. dealing with leadership here, but it's fine. That's great. So. And last question, music. What kind of music do you like? Oh, I like all kinds of music. Um, I am someone who uh, will listen to jazz while I make dinner uh, or, or rock and roll as I'm getting ready to, to head out on the town. And, so and so music people. for the mood you're in, huh? Music for the mood. Yeah. I've been um, getting into jazz a lot lately, I just, too. I just, I keep, I, I avoid the, uh, the, high, uh, the high tempo, high energy kind of <laughs> party music when I'm on the road because you, you won't realize it, but you suddenly start going a lot faster <laughs> right, than yeah. you're supposed to be going. So That's right. you don't yeah. want to get caught with the yeah. caught uh, officer. I'm sorry. I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. Right. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So. 
All right. I'm in, and I lied. I'm going to do one more question. Okay. Back to transit. So the Washington, D.C. region, Paul Wiedefeld, who we've mentioned, has done a tremendous job, yeah. in my opinion, leading that agency Great friend, and the yeah. whole region. Um, where do you see us a year or two for now? Do you think ridership and Metro and all that's going to pick back up or is, is all these modified schedules going to require us to kind of recreate what we think of as mass transit? Yeah. You know, I would agree with you. Paul has been you know, outstanding for the region and I consider him a good friend and we talk often about this. You know, um, I think he and I have both very much agreed that it is about alternating, altering how we provide service to meet how the world operates today. If you look at the DC region, traffic isn't, is back, but guess what? In the middle of the day, the same choke points that you usually would only see at four and 5 PM on a weekday are clogged. Why is that? And, and I think, I think the reason is, is that with remote working and alternative options for work, people are now, um, transitioning in and out of work throughout the day. Interesting. And so, so people are now moving around throughout the day. So, the way that transit, particularly in an urban area like D.C., needs to be is it needs to be this consistent throughout the day service. Yes. And I think Paul has talked about that publicly as well. And I have uh, spoken publicly about that in that um, we need to think about how do we just do what we're doing from first thing in the morning until late at night and stop changing it. You know, right. And, you know, we are we were and still are to some degree a peak driven service. Yeah. How inefficient is that? How about it? You're sending buses out yep. and then you're having to bring them back in yes. and you're having to park them and yeah. then you're having to bring more people in. And then yeah. they're having to take a lot the of my friends are out. so happy. The dead have that peak you know. at the peak anymore. All yeah. that extra unnecessary service, really. Yeah. You just needed it. In Singapore, Jeremy Yap was telling me, Paul, I'm so happy. That extra 20% we had to do yeah. in, the, in the morning and night, we don't do that anymore, but we're able to now spread our resources more evenly throughout the Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Put the bus out there first thing in the morning and let it be out there all day. Yeah. You're going to have to change people. Right. But stop. That's stop, good. Stop changing the service. That's great, Josh. Yeah. yeah. I think I think our listeners, that, that that's really good. I hope Thanks again for being with us. Absolutely. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged in Depth. And thanks again to our guest, Josh Baker. Now, next week on Transit Unplugged News and Views, we have David Bruffy of Mountain Line Transit in West Virginia. And David talks to Paul about the results of a survey he did in his community of what they'd like to see in their transit system. And you get to learn about David's hobby, which he uses to recharge, reconnect, and refresh. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.